0: Alan Kring Productions in association with Emergent Light Studio presents The Illinois State Collegiate Compendium, Academic Lectures in Business and Economics. This is Business Finance, FIL 240 for Autumn Semester 2022. Today has several different parts to it. The first thing that will happen is, um, I'll go through the numbers for uh, just a few minutes, and then I'm gonna give 10 minutes so that you can complete your student evaluations. You've got I sent you an email message with the link to it so that you can do that, the evaluation, student evaluation, and then once that 10 minutes is up, I've got a little bit of a, uh, I have a guest, uh, some guest speakers who will come in to give a brief summary on optimal capital structure. And um, I was going to do a second special topic today, ethics, but I don't think I'll do that. Uh, I was going to do a uh, ethics special topic, but that's I won't be fatiguing you with that. So the, um, after that, I'll say a few words about prepping for the quiz on Monday and uh, give you a heads up on what I will expect you to be able to do on that quiz. And then we'll be done for the day. But first, a look at the numbers. As wonderful as they are, I was in a hard, bear position, and I am getting slaughtered, I mean, really bad. The All of the major indices are up. This is a bull day to end all bull days. Uh, Driven by the Federal Reserve, uh, Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, uh, sent the message out that they're going to back off the tightening of the money supply. Now, he's still rumbling, well, we're still going to be having rate increases, but the message is clear. The economy is strong. Inflation is easing back, finally. And so the markets just went bananas over that. I mean, NASDAQ up 4.5%. The Dow up more than two, and the S&P 500 up more than three. I mean, it was just a spectacular day. So in other words, okay, money was moving into equities. Oil finished up, but it's still pretty darn low compared to that trading band, 82 to 89. It's holding steady below that. So we'll probably see lower gasoline prices within a week or so, we hope. Mm. but if we go over here and look at the metals the metals were also up so money was being thrown at equities money was being thrown at gold and silver and other metals so and then the 10-year bonds finished the yields down prices up so money was being thrown into bonds in other words that cash that i've been talking about how investors were moving a lot of their funds into cash well, they just pulled it out and threw it at everything today. Uh, just a happy day all over the place, buying anything in sight, as it were. So there you go. So we go over here. Uh, Tokyo started out real sour last night, but by as time, as the day went on, it was climbing back up until it almost broke to the. Uh, it broke to even uh, by the end of the day. And then when the sun came up in London, London just roared upward. And then we come over here, and when the sun came up on the East Coast here, well, the equities market just started roaring. Interestingly enough, it was that started right at about midday. The market was just quiet. And then Powell did his little speech, the chairman of the Fed, and that's when the market just went bananas upward, just really strong buying. So, looks like we got a good economy, at least for now, and there are some indications that Christmas sales are not spectacular, but they're decent. So, that brings brings us into next year looking pretty darn good. If you're looking for internships, your career jobs, it seems like we have the makings of a decent economy building up which is uh, we all want, obviously. Well, I don't know if the party out of power wants that, but everyone else does. So there's where we are right now with the market. Now, as I said, uh, I sent you a link to the uh, student evaluation, and I need you to fill that out. I'll give you about 10 minutes, and I have to be out of the classroom while you're doing that. And once you f- uh, after 10 minutes, I'll come back in, and we'll have our guest speakers, and then we will have a few words about the quiz on Monday, and that'll be it. So I'll rock on. I'm supposed to be out of here while you're doing that, so let me get away for 10 minutes. We will reconvene at uh, 3.52. Yeah, uh, say what? No, it's, it's an email message I sent with a link in the password. The next thing in this session of the course is about capital structure and optimal capital structure. Now, this is going to be a problem that will be on the final. First of all, capital structure. I've already defined it, let me define it again. Capital structure is a combination of debt and equity that comprises the total assets of a firm. Capital structure is the combination of debt and equity that comprises the total assets of a firm. So a company could be 33% debt, 67% equity. Capital structure is a combination of debt and equity that comprises the total assets of a firm. A firm could eat 33% debt, 67% equity, 10% debt, 90% equity. It is not an accident what that capital structure is. Because if I were to look at the weighted average cost of capital, whack, and let's take it the percent of debt, that would mean one minus that was the percent of equity. So, there is, if I have no debt in my capital structure, then the weighted average cost of capital is nothing but the cost of equity. If it's it's 0% debt, it's 100% equity, so the firm faces the full-blown force of the cost of equity. But as a company begins to put debt into its capital structure, debt is cheaper than equity, at least at first, as it puts in, let's say, 10%, 20%, 30%, 20%, 30%, the cost overall, the weighted average cost of capital is going to go down because debt is cheaper than equity. The problem is that at some point, debt starts to get expensive because the lenders are gonna say, come on, you're, you're risking everything doing this. You might not be able to pay us back. You've borrowed so much. So then debt starts to get expensive again And ultimately, the weighted average cost of capital curve begins to turn upward. Now the interesting thing is that every company has a different whack curve. See this bottoming out point? That is, we call that the optimal capital structure. The optimal capital structure is a combination of debt and equity that minimizes the weighted average cost of capital. The Optimal Capital structure is the combination of debt and equity that minimizes the weighted average cost of capital. One more time the Optimal Capital structure is the combination of debt and equity that minimizes the weighted average cost of capital. In this graph right here that I've drawn, it looks like the optimal capital structure is maybe about 45% debt, 55% equity. Remember, the equity would be one minus the debt. Now, interestingly enough, you will see some industries where the bottoming out is very early if a, a company in this uh, with uh, a bottoming out that's very short, it, they start having to pay a lot for debt at a very low level of debt. Now there are other ones where, interestingly enough, they can borrow and borrow and borrow, and so their optimal capital structure would have more debt in it. Interestingly, if you look at industries, within an industry the weighted average cost of capital curves will look pretty similar, but across industries, I mean you've got industries where they look more like that, more like that, in other words where the optimal capital structure is very low on debt and some where the optimal capital structure is very high on debt, it's just the way it is. But Once a company knows what its optimal capital structure is, it is going to do a lot to hold that optimal capital structure in place. Interestingly enough, that would mean, oddly, if a company is very profitable for a long time, well, that means that its equity is going to build up. But that would throw off its optimal capital structure. You'll see companies borrow money just so that they can get their debt-to-equity ratio back down there to the bottom. On the other hand, you'll see companies that, they just borrow and borrow until they're way too far out for where they should be, and what they'll start to do then is issue stock to get themselves back down to their optimal. But if you are at the optimal capital structure, you will try your best to maintain that. And that means that this applies also to your new capital expenditures. Now to set up the demonstration, I'm going to introduce you to an old farming farmer corporation. Now over a long period of time, this is a farmer who has found that his optimal capital ratio is 25% debt and 75% equity. This farmer is about to make a capital expenditure on two horses. Now, this farmer needs a dollar. So he can go to, who are you? Hold up your sign. I'm mom. And what have you got? A dollar. Now I could go to mom and get a dollar. But that wouldn't work because that's not in my capital structure. Mom is not debt or equity. So I can't go to mom. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to these capital resources. Now I could go, who are you? I'm debt. <laughs> I could go and get my dollar from her. But that wouldn't work either because that would be 100% debt And that would throw off my capital structure. I could go to equity and I could get a dollar, but that again would throw off my optimal capital structure, because the the marginal expenditure would not be maintaining the 25-75%. So what I have to do, please, farmer, how much are you going to take from the debt from the equity? 75 cents. So go ahead. Hold on. debt only has 25 cents. And then, how much are you going to get from the equity investment banker? 75 cents. Very good. And in so doing, what she has accomplished is to finance the project, but at the same time, it will not throw off her capital structure because her latest capital expenditure is exactly the same as her overall capital expenditure combination of debt and equity. The only question left, hand me that one of the quarters, one of them. Why does she get 75 cents as a horse and I get only 25 cents as a horse? What's the deal there? Well, that's obvious. I am a quarter horse. I thank you. I was blacking out there. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Let me telegraph what I'm gonna do on the quiz on uh, Monday. First, I'm going to ask you another one of those bond questions. I just want you to stay frosty. I'll give you the yield, you find the price. i give you the price, you find the yield. It'll be just like it was on the quiz where I did it before. I just want you to be frosty going into the final. This is a prep for the final. Then I'm going to do one where I'm going to give you a net, find a net present value and an internal rate of return. That's just a calculator or an Excel exercise. I give you the years and the free cash flow on each year, and you find it for me. That's all it is. And you've got a problem, a practice problem. You've got it, excuse me, in your notes, you've got a quiz with the answer key up that'll help you to guide you to make sure that you know how to do it. Again, that'll be on the final. Straight up, the same type of question, just change the numbers. Then I'm going to give you one where I'm going to give you, uh, and there's a, an example of this in your resources, where I give you the dividends, a company's dividend for next is, for the next year is $1.10. It's $1.50 the year after that, $1.20. And then it stabilizes to a growth rate after a certain number of years. You are to find the horizon value, and then you are to... Uh, find the intrinsic, the current intrinsic price of the stock. I will ask this on the final exam. You get it done here and you will do okay. You'll be fine. I'm trying to give you as many of the hard problems for the final as possible. Now as far as other questions go on this quiz, there'll be one like, what is the internal rate of return? Obviously I've talked about it. It's that discount rate that makes the NPV zero. I'm going to ask you that on this quiz. I'm going to ask you a question about something along uh, uh, concerning who has a residual claim, who has the prior claim to the cash flows of a corporation. Reach clear back to the early part of the course. That'll be on the quiz. And then I'm going to ask you one question about that Federal Reserve lecture last week. Make sure that you watch that video and go through your notes. It's not going to be anything complicated. Something about, well, how many governors are there? How many member voting members of the FOMC are there? Uh, in which order are the tools of monetary policy used? That would be required reserve ratio, discount rate, open market operations. Something like that will be on there as well. To some question along that line. And then I might give you uh, four graphs of yield curves and ask you which one shows... Uh, is signaling a recession as well. But there will be 10 questions. You'll have plenty of time to get it done. I'll give you 25 minutes to do it. And then on Wednesday, it is just a review day. And then next Saturday, not this Saturday, next Saturday, I'll have a Zoom session from about 6 until 7, and you can ask last-minute questions there. Your final is on Thursday at 10 a.m. Be ready for it. You have two note cards, and you can use your formula ratios formula sheet. And other than that, that's all I have for you today. I thank you.